podcast for Geeks by Geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Followed, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I should say the bi-weekly news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, it's uh, going okay. Hello, everyone. If uh, my voice sounds a little scratchy, I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize, but uh, bear with us. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the season. I know uh, my my son uh, had a bad cold this week, and my wife hasn't been feeling good either. I've been okay so far, so fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope it stays that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than, you know, my seasonal allergies flare up. Like, I I, I, I call them seasonal, but they're year, I, they're like a yearly allergy. They, it's just they get worse and better. Like, worse in okay. the springtime, worse in the fall, like when all the leaves fall. <clears throat> um. But uh, I think with all the snow melting, like it's uh, it's flared them up. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I I noticed the other day that like, oh man, it's it's pretty like moldy and gross out right now. It is, yeah. And uh, apparently, at the time of this recording, like it, it had been nice all week, uh, but now they're talking about snow this weekend. So, eh. oh man. I'm just, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I'm done with winter. Like, I just want oh, it to be gosh. over. Oh, but You can almost, I can almost see the grass in my yard. Oh, I don't want yeah. it to get covered again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, well, let's uh, get into our geek news for this week. Um, I don't really have a lot, other than at the time of this recording, um... It was just released, uh, this, I don't know, scene, um, from the new bat, from the new, the Batman movie, um, where we see the Joker, I guess. Um, cause they, they had, uh, not to spoil too much, but they have like towards the end of the movie, uh, a tease of the Joker, but you don't see him. Uh, you just, okay. you just hear him behind a door. At Arkham, like apparently, um, I don't know if this is the scene that was re- released. I didn't actually look at it, but uh, there was a, apparently a scene filmed where, because the, where the movie set up is this is basically bat year two of Batman. Like he's already fought the Joker and put him away. Oh, okay. Um, so when the Riddler shows up. And is causing all this chaos. He actually goes to in a in a scene they cut from the movie. That uh, Batman goes to Arkham to basically consult him, like you know, uh, Clarice did in uh, Silence of the Lambs, like where she went to okay, Hannibal Lecter. Cool. Um, but they cut it, and but like I said, there's that little teaser uh, towards the end of the movie where you hear him in in Arkham. Um, but I just see in the still picture, cause it's that, um, that one actor, he was in Eternals and he's been in other stuff too. Um, okay. I saw the picture and it, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't look at it very closely and it was first thing this morning. 
but it looked more like Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre than the Joker to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't know if I saw it wrong or, or what, but that was my, my takeaway. Yeah, I didn't really like it. Like, um, I think they're going for, you know, the origin where he falls into chemicals, and this is like uh, what, a, what a person okay. with chemical burns would look like. So that's all right. So that's what he looks like without the makeup on. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that's uh, what, okay. what's oh, what well, okay. That has potential then. So, um, yeah. Um, so you think they're going to make more of these Robert Pattinson Batman's then? I think so. Um, it seems to be a decent hit. It's not setting records like um, Spider-Man did last year, but it seems to be a hit, and I. I myself have not seen it yet, but everyone I've spoken to who's seen it quite liked it. Yeah, uh, like, uh, I'll, I'll give it a, a quick spoiler-free review. Um, I would myself give it a solid 4 out of 5. Okay, that's pretty um, good. Yeah, that is, that is good. It's definitely the best DC movie that's come out in a long time. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah. A lot um, of them were kind of trash. But uh, that being said, um, it's not perfect. Um, like, my a uh, few complaints I had is um, it was a little too long. Um, I think... It, yeah, pro- the okay, pro- actually, I've, I've heard that from other people that were complaining. It's almost three hours long. Yeah. Here. See, the problem with DC movies is they try and shoehorn too much in like it's like uh-huh. the the studio says we want you to do this storyline and this storyline and this storyline and it's and it just feels bloated uh this one isn't okay. as bad uh but like okay. an, an example would be like green lantern like it was just they just put too much into that movie like um it was really like three movies in one uh same with batman versus superman you know like you had batman super you know fighting superman then you had the Doomsday story, sort of, plus right. Wonder then, Woman. Yeah, I was going to say, and then Wonder Woman showed up at the end. Yeah, like, it, it was just, like, you know, the DC just tries to do too much, um, which, you know, Marvel does too, but they build up to it. Like, their Avengers movies are those. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. they lay the groundwork prior to those movies, right? Like. They build everything yeah. up. A lot, the... a lot of that groundwork, though, in the Marvel ones is just done with little teasers in the credits. Yeah. Well, that or, you know, like um, like using Endgame as an example. Like, I think Endgame's like the perfect movie as far as, like, build-up and, and juggling all these different characters. And it worked. Um, yeah. Because they laid the groundwork in other movies, like, you know, Tony and his dad, like, that was established in um, Captain America Civil War. It was established in Iron yep. Man 2. Um, you know, Peggy and and Cap, you know, that was established in, you know, the first Avenger. Um, you know, all the Guardian stuff, like the, you know, Nebula hating on, on Gamora and all that kind of stuff. Like, that was established in Guardians 1 and 2. Like they like they establish all the stuff that paid off, whereas uh, DC it's like no you got to do this do this so like this movie 
I don't want to give, I, I'm not going to give anything away, but I felt like the third act was kind of where they lost me. Like, I think hmm. it should have ended before that because, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying the Riddler's in it. Um, yeah, not, but yeah, they, that, I knew that. Yeah. I, like, and, and cat, and I knew about Catwoman too. Yeah. So like at, at the movie, t- t- um, I'd say two thirds in, um, you know, the Riddler gets caught and he's an Arkham and, and him and Batman have this epic scene together. Um, and I kind of thought that's where it was going to end. And then, it, no, there's actually more to it. And I was like, really? Uh-huh. Like, like to me, it kind of wrapped up the Riddler storyline perfectly. Um, but then it's like, nope, we got more going on. And then it was, it was a little, little too much. I thought, um, okay. you know, cause like I said, you know, they took a number of Batman storylines and kind of went with it. Not to say that it was terrible, but it just, if they would have cut that, what turned out to be the third act out, I think it would have been a better movie. And if they would have saved that for the next movie and expanded on it, I think it would have been better. Okay. Um, so, you know, the Riddler, I, I actually really, as time has went on, I've actually grown uh, to like what they did with the Riddler. At first, I thought it was too dark, um, but I think it works. Uh, my only complaint is we don't see him in the green suit or the, you know, the bowler hat. Like, I really wanted to see that. Um, yeah, it's sort of iconic. Yeah, to me... To me, it's and, like you know, and they, well, they've done like they've done different versions of it in all the different films yeah. and and yeah. TV shows, right? Some some of them are very cartoonish, and some of them it's very subtle, but yeah, they you know sort of yeah. So hmm. I I was kind of hoping to see that, uh, but we didn't get to see that unfortunately. Um, uh, and to me, it's kind of like you know, like when you see the Joker, like when the Joker shows up. You know, like, all the different Jokers do look different, but they all kind of, you know, they all wear purple. They all, you know, wear, you know, the white makeup over their face. And, you know, they're... Yeah, they have some kind of clown element. Yeah, yeah, there's common denominators there. And with this Riddler, it just felt like he was way different. Like, this... Like, honestly, if it wasn't for the Riddles, this Riddler could have been someone else. Like, I actually thought uh-huh. they're, I actually, like, I don't want to spoil it, but I actually thought they were, go- like, it was, I thought it was um, a red herring, you know, I thought the, oh, ba- I thought the okay. bad, I thought the bad guy was actually going to be a different Batman bad guy, um, huh. <clears throat> but it didn't turn out that way, but, right. you know, I, I, I don't mind, I don't mind what they did with him, I, I, and I really like that actor, I thought he did a really good job, and, okay. Um, you know, one of the things I like about the Riddler is the riddles and, um, these, you know, riddles were, were complicated, but they, you know, it forced, uh, Batman and Gordon to really put in detective work. Like this was the first Batman movie that really felt like Batman was a detective. Oh, okay. So, you know, yeah. So I, I, you know, they did really good that way. And and he's not perfect. Like, that's the thing. Like, Gordon and him are still 
you know, it's their early days of working together. Um, like I said, it's like year two of Batman. So they actually are not the best detectives yet. Um, so, you know, I like that. You know, I like that that uh, Batman is flawed. Like, he, you know, eventually he'll become the world's greatest detective, but he's not yet. Okay. Um, and Zoe Kravitz. And was so was uh, was Sparkly Vampire Boy a good Batman? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll jump to that. Um, <clears throat> okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was. I I thought he was fantastic. Um, cool. I, you know the. I don't, and I don't think it's his fault. I think it's a choice on the director's part. Um, but he wasn't a great Bruce. Ah, uh, um, okay. Like he, I thought he was terrific as Batman. But I guess maybe that's just where the character is at this moment. Like eventually, you know, as the movies go on, he might grow as Bruce Wayne. Um, which is kind of weird because it's kind of the opposite. Normally, you know the you know, the, the girl was Batman and then Bruce Wayne's always kind of the same, but this one's a little different. Oh, um, okay. Well, but difference, not necessarily bad. No, I've seen this. We've seen this franchise be reinvented a number of times. So it's good if it has some originality to it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thought he was fantastic, you know, in, in that role. Uh, one thing I really liked about this movie is like one thing with Batman was whenever he wears the mask, um, you know, he's always got the the makeup around his eye, right? His eyes. Yeah. And I never noticed this, but in Batman Returns, uh, the the Michael Keaton one, when he takes yeah. his mask off for Catwoman, uh, he's got the makeup around his eyes when he's got the mask on, but then when he takes it off, his eyes are normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, ne okay. I never picked up on that. So when, you know, slight spoiler, but in this movie, there's times when he takes his mask off and he's still got the makeup on. Like they don't oh, try, good. they don't try and hide it. Like they make it realistic that way. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love his bad outfit. I thought it, it was awesome. It has a nice feature in it. I, well, actually it has a couple features in it, um, okay. that I thought were really cool. That they did. And I gotta say, the Batmobile was awesome. Um, okay, yeah. Like, I, I love a good Batmobile. This is probably, I I want to say, probably the best one that they've done. Wow. It was really cool. Um, Like, the Christian Bale Batmobile, it's like, that's not realistic. Like, there's no way you can, you know, maneuver around the Like, the city and 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 hide with that thing um like yeah, what well, it wasn't subtle uh, see i thought it was actually kind of believable <clears throat> it was like oh it's this crazy military prototype designed to do all these funky things and i was like oh yeah yeah okay, i'm believing that yeah that part's but, okay but you're right i mean it would stand out like a sore thumb oh yeah whereas this one it's it's just a souped up car cool um so it's more realistic that way Cool. Um, but I, I did love the Christian Bale bat cycle. Like when it when it turns into the bat cycle. Oh yeah. yeah. I thought that was awesome. You know, and, and the, how the tires can rotate and he can go, you know, in, zoom in and out. Um, I I will always be a sucker for the, you know, 
the first Tim Burton Batman Batmobile. Oh, yeah, me too. That's all. That one's always going to be my favorite. Me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, this one, I I think I would have to watch the movie again. But uh, it cool. it's it's definitely a contender. That's for sure. Um, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, I thought she was great as as Catwoman. Okay. Um, you know, obviously very beautiful. Um, really cool. Um, there was, again, it's, um, a storyline thing where it was like, this is just way too coincidental. So that kind of like threw me off. Um, but I, I liked her. I thought she was great. Um, and, and I thought, you know, I don't know. I heard some criticism about the chemistry between her and Pattinson. I didn't. I thought they were good together. I, th- you know, I thought they really hit it off. Um. So yeah, like I think I think she was wonderful. Um. A a big complaint I have with this movie is there's not enough Alfred. Uh, they have um, uh, Andy Serkis playing Alfred. Oh, okay. And, and he's awesome, but he's barely in this movie. Like, he, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, where you know you think he has this big role, but he doesn't. Um, and you know, like honestly, he was he was great as Alfred. He was like um, the military type of Alfred, like, and he you know he wasn't a butler per se like he was the guy that's running wayne enterprises for wayne or for bruce Um, yeah and he raised bruce and all that they had another character in there i i can't remember what her name is um but she's barely in it too but she basically is like the aunt uh oh what the heck was her name and the from the tv show remember they had that old lady that lived there too oh and, yeah, oh wow, you know, yeah, that takes me back a ways. She, she's not the same character, but she's kind of the same role. Like, she's the one that's, you know, doing all the cleaning and and looking okay. after the the estate, I guess. Um, But there is no Wayne Manor in this movie. Uh, he's hmm. just he's just living in Wayne Tower. Um, okay. Which is kind of cool, because now the Batcave kind of makes sense. Um, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but it kind of helps with the Batcave aspect of it. Um, so I thought that was a neat choice, but yeah, I wanted to see more Andy Serkis. Like he, I thought he was great. Um, maybe in the next movie and yeah, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, uh, as Gordon, uh, fantastic. I love Jeffrey Wright. He's usually pretty good. Oh yeah. He, he, I love Jeffrey Wright. He's great. Um, and yeah, he made it. He made an excellent Gordon. Um, yeah, I, I could see him being a pretty good Gordon. And I think that's basically all I got for this. You know, I re- I really liked. It. I definitely want. Oh, uh, uh, I should say uh, the Penguin is in this movie as well. And eh, he was okay. You know, um, yeah. what's his name plays him. Uh, uh, Colin Farrell. Um, Weird. You you would never know as Colin Farrell though. 
Never in a million okay. years. Like like they like the the makeup they put on him is really amazing. Um, you know, it's not like Danny DeVito when he was the penguin. Like you knew it was Danny DeVito. Um, this like honestly, if you didn't know going in that that was Colin Farrell, you'd never know. Um, that being said, um, you know they kind of you know because. I want to say like the last 20 years, 30 years, you know, they've kind of, uh, in the comics made Penguin kind of like a gang, like he's like a gangster. He's kind of like the Kingpin in Spider-Man. Um, whereas where he's like running, you know, the streets type of thing. Okay. And that's, and that's who they were going. Like that was the Penguin that they were going with in this movie. The only problem is he, he talks like he's from the Sopranos. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, like you look, you know, he looks great as the penguin, but he sounds like he should be in New Jersey, not in Gotham. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that then, and that leads into my next news item. Apparently, uh, they are going to be doing a penguin spinoff series with Colin Farrell on HBO Max huh. based, okay. based out of this movie. My question is, why? Like, uh, like, I, like, <laughs> like I, I don't want to give away, I'm not going to give anything away, but they kind of leave it open-ended, like, you know, the Penguin could be, there. there's definitely story potential for, for the Penguin going forward, but I just, I just have this terrible feeling that if they do a Penguin show, they're not going to have Batman on it. Yeah. And, and that drives me nuts when you have these Batman shows without Batman. Um, like that's why, honestly, I didn't watch Gotham. I, I got I pulled out of that pretty quickly. Um, I never watched oh, that. See, I I loved Gotham. I, I watched just, all of it. I thought it was awesome. And I've and I've heard great things about it. Um, it's just and and yeah, you I, do have Batman in it. I mean, it's Bruce Wayne when he was a kid. Yeah, but he almost immediately starts training to become Batman. Like, almost immediately. Yeah. And maybe I should... Maybe I'll go back and give it another And, I mean, by, by the end, he's basically Batman. Yeah. It's just... My, I, see, one of my big complaints... This may be a bit of a tangent, but I think yeah. it connects. Yeah, cool. One of my biggest complaints about modern DC is that it's not connected at all. Yeah. So... At the time that they were doing Gotham, the Christian Bale movies were coming out. Mm -hmm. And I'm, the kid they cast as young Bruce Wayne maybe could have grown up to look something like Christian Bale. Okay. And I always thought, like, there was such a missed opportunity to not connect everything. And they did that with The Flash, too. Like, they mm -hmm. announced they're going to have a different guy, or maybe they already did yep. play him. And I, I just... And then you know, and then you did the they did the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, which is not connected to anything. And now they're doing this with yet again another new Batman and a new Joker and a new Riddler. And it's just such a shame to me. They they've had some pretty good success with some of these other things. I wish they would connect it all together. Oh, I completely agree. Like when uh, they were doing the Justice League, like like you said, they had the Flash TV show. And, uh, well, they still the have guy, it. The guy who played the Flash in the show was great. Yeah, I, I thought he was great. And, you know, 
you could just shoehorn him into the Justice League movie and you don't have to explain anything about him, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, it's Grant, Grant Gustin that plays him on the show and then Ezra Miller plays him in the movies. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And they had a cool little crossover, like, because uh, the, when they did uh, the Crisis crossover on um, the CW shows... They actually filmed okay. a scene where Ezra Miller's Flash meets up with uh, Grant Gustin's Flash. Oh, okay. So that so was kind of cool. Like, they're trying to do the alternate universe thing or something? Yeah, they, it's kind of like what they did with the new Spider-Man movie, but they did it like a year and a half before the Spider-Man movie. So that cool. was actually kind of okay. cool <clears throat> that they did that. Yeah, that's but cool. it, yeah, like I, I, I thought with Justice League, you know, like why not have, uh, you know, Green Arrow in it? as part of the justice league. Yeah. You know, why, you exactly. know, bring some of those characters into it. Like, um, but yeah, it was just a wasted opportunity. Like, yeah, I, that drives me nuts that these aren't connected. Yeah. I was hoping that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker would be. Well, uh, I know I had read something somewhere with him where he said he was very interested in playing that character again. Well, um, uh, not to spoil too much, but in the Bat the Batman movie, there is like a street gang that's based on the, on Joker. Um, yeah, and it, it to me it's it, I thought it was like a direct call to that Joker movie, like when everyone was you know like oh, okay. at the end of the movie when people were painted up like the Joker and yeah, rioting yeah. and stuff. I thought that's what this gang was. I was like, oh. You know, this is the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker universe. Oh, okay. But then it's not. Now they got this other guy. Unless they haven't have. I mean, they could have multiple Jokers. Like, um. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there there is precedent for that. So. Um. I mean, I I still stand by. One of the biggest shames <clears throat> in modern nerd cinema is that they have not got. Willem Dafoe to play the Joker yet. Yeah. Yeah, he would be fantastic. He, he already looks like the Joker. You don't even have to put makeup on him. He already looks terrifying and creepy like that. Yep. And um, I mean, we just saw him Spider-Man and he's 67 and still kicking absolute ass. Yep. There's well, no reason why they could do it. One, one thing I that... mean, maybe he doesn't want to, I guess, but Oh, I, I think he said he wants to. Like, I think he's throwing it yeah, out I, there. Like, I, I thought I read an interview a while back where he said, oh, I'd love to play that. Yeah. Well, one thing I don't understand about um, Warner Brothers and DC is why they don't do a Batman TV series. Like, straight up. You know, like, this is Batman. Um, yeah, yeah. And then each season you have a different... You know, you could have... Like, this movie... Like I mean, they had the Penguin, they had the Riddler, they had Catwoman, and it worked. Like it, it didn't feel um, like it was too much. Like it, it okay. all, like it gelled really, really well. Um, and I mean, you could do that with a Batman TV series. You know, you could have like Penguin. Um, you know, he's the gang. You know, the gangland leader, and you know, you could have the Joker showing up, and you know, like I, uh, Chris, I gotta say, you should watch Gotham again. Yeah, because like, that's basically what they do. Every season in Gotham is a a new, either a new villain or generally many new villains are introduced, and you get the backstory 
to how they got their start before Batman faced off with them. Yeah. And the, I, somewhere, I think it's either season two or season three, they introduced the Joker, and it's just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like, um... Their take on him was just incredible. I can't remember that actor's name. I know who you're... He's from Shameless. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He he was amazing as a young Joker. Yeah. And And the the girl they cast who plays Catwoman, like, swear to God, she's a Michelle Pfeiffer clone. Like, I have seen her. Just an absolute dead ringer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, now they did fuck up Poison Ivy because they recast recast her at some point, and it was kind of like, oh, who who's that? Oh, weird. Hmm. But it, it's not a perfect show. It's definitely flawed. Yeah. But it it strikes a balance between camp and drama that I really enjoyed. It would get campy, and then just as it would start to get stupid, then it would get dark and serious again. And I I really thought they pulled that balance off quite well. I. I think you should try it again. I think you'd really think you'd enjoy it. All right. I, I, I will definitely check that out. But um I, I just wish they would just do a straight up Batman show. Like I just yeah. want, I just yeah. want to see Batman. You know, you could do one you know, like when the the season in Arrow when they had Razel Ghoul, like, oh I'd love to see that as you know, I remember watching that Arrow season thinking this should be Batman, not Green Arrow, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah. Like there's so so much that you could do, um, but I think based on the success of this movie, that Batman's going to stay a movie franchise for a little while. But like yeah. I said, they're they're planning on doing that Penguin spinoff, huh. which would be okay if they can get Robert Pattinson to show up, and maybe he will. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Because you know this that's is a possible. very grounded take on Batman. Um, and it could easily be translated into a TV series. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully that, that happens. Um, all right. So do you have any geek news this week, Ragnar? Well, uh, we should probably mention the Academy Awards are this weekend. Oh, yeah. And their ratings are plummeting and have been for many years. Mm -hmm. And especially during this pandemic where people are not deliberately not going to the cinema, most of the films that are nominated, I've never even heard of them, let alone much less seen them. And so I can't say I care a whole lot. Um, One of the things they're doing to try to attract ratings is they made a new category of like, people's pick for popularity or something and you're supposed to go on twitter and 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 say which film you want and then whichever one gets the most wins okay and it's it's their attempt at letting films like spider-man win an academy award because the they're being very snobbish and refusing to Mm -hmm. nominate a film like that because they don't think it's cultured enough they think it's just you know mass media whatever and I'm not saying that it's not those things, but I still felt that movie had a fair bit of soul. It definitely had some artistic, you know, integrity. People worked very hard in creative roles on that film. I don't have any problem. Like, the Academy Awards don't have to be, you know, what was the most thought-provoking film. or it doesn't have to be those things. It could, it could be 
you know, well, what was the best film? You know, yep. it doesn't have to be the criteria that they're picking doesn't necessarily agree with people. And that's why people stop watching it. So they're, they're trying to bring them back in, but they're trying to do it in a way they're, they're pussyfooting around it rather than just change yep. and start nominating films that people actually watch and care about. They're trying to just come up with a couple of new categories. They can just sort of shoehorn in to make it more exciting and then they can continue to, to do things the way they do them. And I, I don't think they're going to have a whole lot of success with that. I think it's actually going to turn into a, you know, a point of ridicule, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know. uh, that's always driven me nuts about the the Academy, or the the Oscars. Um, I guess, yeah, because they are the Academy Awards, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, the other thing they were doing is they dropped a bunch more categories. They cut out eight more to try to make it shorter because apparently they think it, the ceremony is too long. Yep. But they're basically now it's like best director, best film, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress. And like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much more to a movie than just who directed it and who starred in it. Yep. Like they, they dropped music out. I'm like, music is such a huge part of movies. They dropped editing. You wouldn't have a movie without editing. And, it's just getting to the point where most of the awards are done at a separate ceremony that nobody watches. It's not even televised. I don't know. It's just sort of, what's the point? Yeah. So, so yeah, not that I would watch it normally, but I certainly won't go out of my way to watch it this year. Um, That's for sure. Well, for me, I usually tune in towards the end. If I am, yeah. like, if I happen to be at home, like, I'll tune in towards the end of it, because I'm more interested in the best picture, best actor, actress, that sort of thing. Especially if it, there's yeah. a movie that I like that's involved. Um, but, yeah, like, I feel for all those people that, you know, you work your whole life to, you know, make it there. You know, what you know whether yeah. you're, you know, you're in sound or whatever, or special effects or whatever, and your, your category is, like, going to be on the saturday night bill instead of the you know the main event like that kind of yeah yeah like what a pisser yeah that yeah that's and then and then the film that wins that like let's say dune wins best sound design so they can put it as advertising that it was an academy award winner but if you watch the academy awards you'd never even know yeah so you know you don't really get a big bump when you say oh we won best sound design like you yeah. should get a big bump for that, but because they don't even include that in the ceremony, it it doesn't really mean anything. So yeah. I, I think that's a real shame. Yeah, and and they've always snubbed like science fiction and comic book movies and stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, Dune Dune was a fucking awesome movie. Yep, and yep. I can't believe it didn't get more nominate you know i mean we don't know what it's if it's going to win anything yet but i i thought it would have got more nominations even um it was awesome it had everything and it was yep you know it was visually stunning well like one one movie that uh i always go fall back to is my default is avengers endgame like that movie yeah. should have been like for best film that year um yeah because i mean like and you know it had everything. Like, I mean, I mean, I, it made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me cheer. Um, 
Yeah. The special effects were incredible. Yeah. Like, literally... You know, when I mean, I, at, the very, at the very least, it should have won, like, best screenplay and best direction. Yeah. Because to try to write a story that has all of those elements and to try to bring that to life in a way that is balanced is yep. incredible. Like, I, you know, I, I still feel that way about the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it, it shouldn't work. Like, it should have failed. It had too many things going on. Yep. But it just absolutely kicked ass. Yep. And yeah, yeah. I you know, I don't I don't think I don't think the Academy Awards need to give awards to the films that are the most popular and make the most money. But I don't think they should snub those films the way they do eat. They should yeah. just include them as fair game, same as any other movie. Yep, I agree. That's why like I, I gravitate more to like the M T V movie awards or you know, even like People's Choice or um, yeah. Gold, Golden Globes, I think are definitely more accepting than than the Academy. But yeah, and also I heard um, the like I, ha- I haven't watched West Side Story, like not the new one. I watched the original one and music. Yeah, I didn't watch like the new one either. Ago. It came a lot of these films. They came into theaters and they were out within two weeks, and it was like. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're not supposed to go out in public. If you go to a film, you have to wear a mask the whole time. Yep. So that when the movies came and went so fast, it was like, oh, well, I did actually want to see that. But, yeah, it kind of sucked. But um, the actress, the lead actress that was in that movie, I don't know her name. I, um, she's new a newer actress. Um, and West Side Story's up for best film. And... Um, Anyway, someone, like, she was somewhere, and she was wearing, like, this nice dress or whatever, and someone, uh, like, she had sent out a tweet or something, and someone commented and said, you know, will you be wearing, you know, what what, what are you going to be wearing to the uh, the Oscars? And she tweeted back, and or replied back or whatever, and said, uh, I'm actually going to be in my pajamas and or my sweat, my sweatpants, and my boyfriend's T-shirt because uh, I wasn't invited. And her film was. Oh, I think I heard something about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her her film was up for best picture. Like she wasn't nominated for best actress, but her film was up for best picture. Yeah. And then people started flipping out, and uh, they eventually gave invited her. Uh, to, to yeah, that's right. To be there, yeah. Like, how could but you? Instead, they invited, instead they made a big production of. Oh, we invited Tony Hawk because he's cool. Really? I'm like, yeah. Tony Tony Hawk is. They were at. They was all over the news. They oh, he was, I missed that. They had him and there was him and two or three other celebrities that have nothing to do with any movies in the nominated for awards this year, and they brought them just hoping it would get a younger generation to tune in. <laughs> Like Tony, like Tony Hawk is like the my mom's age, I think. Yeah, I know. Like Tony Hawk was cool when I was a teenager. Yeah, like twenty five years ago, that would have been you holy know, shit. When you could play his video game on PlayStation One. Yeah. Like wow. in my head, he's not relevant in any capacity anymore. Yeah, well, it just shows to goes to show just how, how yeah. out of touch they are. That you'd rather invite a, a skateboarding legend. I mean, who was famous years ago than an actress who's in a film that's actually been nominated. 
Like, I mean, not to knock Tony Hawk. Like, he he's pretty decent. No, dude, no, no, and dude, I, and no, no. I'm not. I'm I'm mocking the academy. Yeah, not Tony. Yeah, like, and and yeah, like one of the films that's up for best picture. You don't invite the one of the leads. Like, that's just weird. Yeah. But yeah, there was an. And the other thing. That, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, but there was the backlash, and, and she is invited now, so she will be will be showing up. Okay. So that's good. The other thing I heard was that the movie Encanto, which I did not see, but I have heard that Bruno song a billion times already. Yeah, they're gonna bring in the cast to sing that song live, hmm. but that song was <clears throat> not nominated for best song of the year, despite being arguably the most popular song since it came out yeah but they're gonna bring the cast in to sing the song but their movie wasn't good enough to get nominated and i'm like yeah man this this thing is this is a mess guys like yeah. wow yeah we, and they we need got... to boost the ratings, so we're gonna get them to sing the most popular song well you know what else would boost the ratings if you nominated that song for the award oh no we don't think the song's good enough for that oh man yeah. Brutal. And they have um, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and um, oh, what what's her name? The uh, blonde comedian. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not Nikki Glaser, but um, well, I can't think of her name right now. Oh, but... I'm drawing a blank. She was. Um. Anyway, Amy, I, I, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Yeah. I, I and I mean I like Wanda Sykes. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know. I heard their I heard their promo bit and it didn't make me laugh at all. So yeah, like and I mean Amy Schumer is I don't find her stand up very funny. Um, you know I, she did that movie a few years ago uh, with Bill Hader and John Cena. Um, hmm. Oh, it, it was like her first comedy. It was actually pretty funny. I never did. She okay. did She did that one with Goldie Hawn where she was Goldie Hawn's daughter and they get like kidnapped in the Amazon or something. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, other than that, like, yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan. And Regina Hall, I'm not exactly sure about anything she's done. I'm drawing a plank yeah. on her. So, so honestly, to me, none of them are big names to me. So yeah, like I remember back in the day, like when Billy Crystal used to host, and yeah, they'd, know, like, they'd have big, big names host. Yeah, it was like a big deal. But now it's like last last year they didn't have anyone, right? Like that was like a. I think was it the Oscars where they didn't have a host? Yeah, I think you're right. I think last year they didn't even have a host. They were gonna have somebody, but then old tweets popped up or something, so you got cancel or you got yeah like, i don't quite remember because again the films that were nominated were films i'd never even heard of yeah the one that won that no nomad land i tried to watch it and oh my god it was horrible yeah it was so dumb and boring i have no idea what compelled them to pick that as the best film yeah but i did i watched about 15 minutes of it and before i was like i'm gonna fall asleep this is terrible yeah so, yeah, so I, I probably won't be tuning in this this weekend. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably just see what this what Facebook updates pop yeah. up. Well, I'm sure I'm sure I'll hear about who wins, but I 
suspect it would be like, oh, I never even heard of that film. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do want to watch that. Uh, what's called the Year of the Dog, or the it's that Western with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, that's the one they're they're saying is probably going to win most of the awards. Yeah, that that one I actually want to watch, um, because I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I like uh, Jesse Plemons, yeah. um, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. So, yeah, be it's a good cast, and I generally yeah. like westerns, but yep. I I never heard about it. I never saw a trailer for it. It, it I only know about it because it's been nominated for an award <laughs> well it so. it's it's a it's a netflix movie it's actually on netflix oh really yeah oh, okay so yeah it's it's on it's been on my list uh to watch i don't know since yeah. january or whatever but one of these days okay. i'll get to it okay. but uh speaking of what we're watching let's move on to our next segment unless you have something you want to throw in there ragnar no, 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 I don't got too much else. All right, well, let's talk Let's talk uh, some brain candy. So this is the segment where we discuss things that we're watching, reading, listening to, whatever, and we make it a pick or a pan if we want. Uh, so, Ragnar, what's uh, been going on in your world as far as brain candy? Well, I, uh, I took, a, I don't know, a, a deep dive back into the show Dexter. Hmm. Uh, and I rewatched uh, seasons one and two. Um, basically, I have three big bookcases in my house that are full of movies, and I never watch them because I have so many streaming platforms. I just yep. go on the streaming platform. So two weeks ago, I decided I'm not going to watch anything on streaming. And actually, what prompted that was I was halfway through rewatching Daredevil when Netflix pulled it because Disney took it back. Oh. And there was a, there was a gap of about two weeks where it wasn't on anything. So then I decided, you know what? I'm going to take a break from all these streaming things, and I'm going to go through all my DVDs and see if I can find some stuff to watch. Because, you know, I have all of them. They take up space in my home. I should probably use them. Yep. So I settled on Dexter, and I rewatched seasons one and two, and I loved that show. But every season was less good than the season before it. And by the time you got to the final season, it was barely worth watching. So I only watched seasons one and two, and then I just pulled the plug. I'm not watching anymore. Uh, season one, I still think, man, this is an incredible show. And unlike any, especially at the time it came out, unlike anything else. And that opening sequence where it's, you know, him in the morning making breakfast, but they made it look so sinister and it's so suggestive. It really, really nailed the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. That, that, In my mind, that's got to be one of the best opening sequences of any television show. It, it sets up the world and the character and the story so well, and yet it's just a guy making orange juice and shaving and making coffee and whatnot. Um, yeah, just I, incredible. Yeah, I agree with that to the point where I actually used to skip it because I found yeah, it oh yeah. it bugged me. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. 
by the by season two I was <coughs> skipping it, but season one I watched it every time. Yeah, because yeah, like you say, it's suggestive of of you know him cutting up a body, you know, and all. Oh, yeah. And they focus on the sounds, like the sound his razor makes as it's you know pulling the hair out of yeah, his skin, scraping and, sound, and the yeah. the squishing sound when he's juicing the the blood orange and like yeah. oh, it's like man, this is not graphic, but it is so graphic. Yep. Um. So yeah, I really enjoyed season one. Um, season two, I didn't enjoy it as much on the rewatch as as I had when I watched it originally because I was already noticing things. Okay, this is where this character goes off in a different direction, and this thing happens, and there was a lot more like there was a lot of implausibility. Mm-hmm. So towards the end of the season, the Sergeant Dokes who's hated Dexter his his whole career, finally figures out that Dexter's actually the serial killer. Yep. And Dexter kidnaps him and locks him up in a cabin and can't figure out what to do with him. Well, this guy is pretty ripped, and he's ex-Special Forces, and he's a cop. That guy, you would need, like, a concrete bunker to lock that guy up if you were going to lock him up and not be there to make sure he couldn't escape. Mm-hmm. And instead, he's in this, like, flimsy chain-link cage, which he does eventually break out of, but I'm like, man, he could have broken out of that in, like, a couple minutes. Yep. Like, it was they made it this big deal that he c- couldn't get out, and I'm like, uh, yeah, he could get out of that, no problem. I could get out of that, and I'm not nearly as ripped as he is. Yep. And there were just more and more inconsistencies and, like, there was a whole, it was in season one, there was a whole plot about Dexter's girlfriend's abusive ex-husband yep. comes and Dexter frames him. Because, uh, so, you know, he, Dexter has a code. He can't kill the guy, even though he wants to. So instead he frames him and the guy goes back to jail. But the guy was pulling all these crazy stunts. And it's like, that's not what happens. Like, in especially in the States, if you're out on parole, any violation, you go back to jail. Yep. And it was just like, they kept they kept setting up stuff, and it was like, I know you're trying to make the plot more serious here, but the legal system doesn't work like that. If he shows up at his, his ex's house and, and they get into a fight, it doesn't matter if she started it or not. If he fought her at all, he goes back to jail automatically. Yep. Like, they had this whole thing about, like, oh... He showed up at her house and tried to rape her, and she hit him, and then he charges her with assault. And it's like, no, he's an ex-con on parole. It doesn't work like that. He automatically goes back to jail. Yeah. So there was a, you know, and and as the show went on, it got more and more unbelievable. And, yeah. So I really enjoyed it, but by the end of season two, I remembered why I stopped watching the show. I mean, I did watch the entire series. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, I won't rewatch the rest, and I'm not going to watch the new ones because I heard they're terrible too. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had seen the new, the new blood. Or I whatever. didn't even see the trailer. I just heard that they made more, and I went, "Oh, I'm not going to watch that. That's going to be crap." I, um, I watched. But, um, I think it's heavy spoilers when he would recap the episodes. I would watch those. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, not to give too much away, but. They're not making any more any after this one. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably good. Yeah. Um, if you like 
you know, if you've never seen Dexter and you like crime shows or shows about psychopaths and serial killers and that kind of thing, season one is really good. Mm-hmm. And season two is pretty good. So I, I would still recommend those two. I, I, they're a pick for me. But I would really say after season two, don't don't bother watching it because it, it just gets progressively dumber. And by the end, you're like, oh, man, this is just trash. And it's a shame because they had a great cast and they had a cool concept. But as time went on, the writing just, you know, got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So, yeah. But definitely, definitely recommend season one. Season two is pretty good. And then just call it quits. Well, I'll jump in with uh, with a quick tangent on Dexter. Um, for me, I I liked um, my favorite seasons of Dexter are actually probably season four and season six. Really? Okay. Um, season four is the one with John Lithgow when he plays the Trinity yeah, killer. Yeah, he was great, but he's always great. Yeah, like, it was just mind-blowing how, how good he was. Um, yeah. And then that, you know, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched Dexter, but that's that season finale, like, I could not sleep after the season four finale. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that, a good finale. That really yeah. disturbed me. Um. And then season six is the one with uh, Edward James Olmos and Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' son. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And then and then there's a twist there, um, and, it, and like because there's one the one episode I, it's towards the end of the season when the the twist is well I, I'm going to spoil it so if 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 you if listeners if you have never watched this. And you want to watch it, you don't want to be spoiled, uh, don't listen to what I'm about to say, because this is awesome. Um, so, Dexter has his dark passenger, right? Which normally he sees as his dad. And, like, he's talking to his dad, and his dad's telling him, giving him advice and stuff. So, anyway, like, he knows that basically Dexter's going to. He, his plan is to go uh, capture Edward James Olmos uh, because he's a serial killer. And so he follows Colin Hanks because that's who's working for Edward James Olmos to this abandoned church that's um, that he's using basically as a hideout. <laughs> and then so uh, Dexter's talking with his dad. Colin Hanks is talking to Edward James almost like in a different room and they're, you know, cause I think Colin Hanks is thinking about, or Edward James almost is telling Colin Hanks' character to kill Dexter and Dexter is, you know, getting ready to kill Edward James almost. And then they, I don't know, somehow he ends up in the basement and, um, he opens this freezer and Edward James almost is in it. Like he's frozen to death. And then you realize that you realize that Colin Hanks is the killer. Like the whole season, you think it's Edward James almost, but he's like the dark pass, his dark passenger talking to him. Yeah. So and and I yeah that's right yeah I I just remember that reveal like because Colin Hanks he played such a timid character, like he was basically Edward James almost was forcing him to do bad things. 
and then you realize it's him all along. Like it's Edward James Olmos's character isn't even alive. That was <coughs> that was mind blowing to me. <clears throat> um, yeah, that was a good twist. You're right. Yeah, like I, I just, I, I thought that was the only thing that sucked about it was then after the next episode, um, you know, Colin Hanks talks to his dark passenger. Edward James almost, and then he basically turns full evil at that point, and then you don't see Edward yeah. James almost again for the whole season. Um, <clears throat> but I just, yeah, I just love that twist. Um, but yeah, season one and two are great too. Um, season three, it, you know, like they, I don't know, the 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 thing that drove me nuts about Dexter, and it really got bad as the seasons went on is how he just conveniently gets away with things that normally would never happen. Yeah. <clears throat> and but and for example, in the season 4 finale that I mentioned, he kills uh the Trinity killer and and he kills uh John Lithgow's character. But nobody knows that. Like his he kills him in secret and disposes of, disposes of the body. And then he goes back to his house. And I guess it's a spoiler for that. Uh, he goes back to his house and finds his w wife dead. And the Trinity killer, before Dexter killed him, had killed his wife. So when season five starts, as far as the police know, the Trinity killer's still out there. They don't know he's dead. But yet, and and I mean, you know, like, because they're at Dexter's house, they're, you know, uh, Dexter's wife has just been killed. But then it's like they forget about him. Like they forget about the Trinity Killer. It's like Dexter just goes back to living like a bachelor. And he sends his stepkids <clears throat> off to live with their grandparents. He keeps his kid, his blood, his, you know, his son. And he, yeah, he basically goes back to living in his apartment, living as a bachelor. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, the police don't know the Trinity Killer's dead. Like why is he not in witness protection? You know, as far as far as yeah. the police are concerned, you know, there was like, a lot of there was a lot of stuff like that. It was like that's not how it works. That would never happen. Yeah, and and and, it just, and, and most of that, you you know, it's about a guy, a serial killer who kills other serial killers. Those parts were generally pretty believable. Mm -hmm. It was all the other stuff <clears throat> that was like, no, that's not how police works, and that's not how this legal procedure doesn't work like that, and you know. You can't lock somebody up in a flimsy cage and and be surprised when they escape. Like, yep. It was funny. Like, you know, you think it's gonna fall apart with him killing other people, but actually, those parts were pretty good. Mm -hmm. It was all the other stuff that was like, oh, this is sloppy writing here. Yep. Well, and <clears throat> season five kicks off right after season four. Like, there's no, yep. there's no, like if they had done like say a two year time jump. You know, it's yeah. two years later, Trinity, you know, they haven't found Trinity, you know, Dexter's back living his life. Then I could have bought it. I'd been like, okay, yeah. you yeah. know, like maybe, you know, he was in witness protection for a year, but, you know, there was no trace of Trinity. So they, you know, they got him, you know, got him off, got him back to his life. But the fact that, like, they just dropped it, it's like, oh, the FBI's handling it now. Okay. But if you're Deborah, wouldn't you be like, uh, you know, my sister-in-law just got murdered. Yeah. 
you know, I'm worried for my brother. Like, yeah, it's like it just got forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Like things just happen too easily for Dexter. <laughs> um, and and I and I'll say like that's one of the good things about this newer season, from what I've seen of it. Um, like I said, just watching the heavy spoilers recaps or whatever. Um, Dexter doesn't get away with shit in this season. Okay. Um, so ultimately that's the reason why there will be no more seasons. Um, okay. well, I haven't well, actually, maybe, I haven't actually maybe watched I'll have to get morbidly curious enough to watch it. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed like it was okay. Actually. Okay. Like it looked like they had some good actors and stuff, but I, I was just so, um, beaten down by the last season of Dexter. I was like, oh, you know, it ended so badly. Harsh. Yeah. It was harsh. Well, especially the finale, you know, like when they killed yep. Deborah and, um, you know, she was my favorite, like, well, and the whole thing where she, suddenly she's in love with Dexter. Yeah. Like, what that was fuck. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. No. Like I, I thought the see the way it was going to go, like from day one, was that the series would end with Deborah figuring out who Dexter is and arresting him? Yeah, like that. Well, would... it could have gone either way. It would either end up she figures out who she is, and it ends with the two of them deciding to run away and assume new identities, or it ends with her busting him. Yeah, like and... she could figure it out. Go, oh my God, you're this person, but also you're my brother, and I love you, and you've saved my life numerous times. I'm going to help you out here. Yes. Or it could end with, well, I'm going to shoot you now. But when she died and she was in love, oh, it was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And she's actually back in the new season of Dexter. Um, she, Oh, is she his dark passenger now? Yeah. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, and from what I've seen, she's great in that role. It's just that, I don't know. I think if I watched that, I'd feel bad that she's not actually there. Yeah, yeah. But well, I guess I'll have to watch it at some point. Just I'm too curious now. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, for me this week, uh, as far as uh, brain candy, I took Ragnar's suggestion from uh, a previous brain candy segment, and I finished watching Reacher. Ah, excellent. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, a couple things. I I wasn't. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't want to give too much away to to if anyone hasn't watched it. It's worth watching. It it's really good. Um, I wasn't really sold on the big bad at the end of the series. No, um, they were they were too wimpy. Yeah, I I I, I was expecting someone better. Like I don't I don't know. But yeah, I, to, I agree. In the 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 guy who was sort of the psycho killer, dude, he should have been way scarier, and he wasn't. And he wasn't scary, and he wasn't intimidating. And we all no. knew as soon as we saw him that yeah, Reacher's just going to kill him, and it's not going to be a big thing. Yeah, and and I mean he's tr- like when they're in the warehouse and and they're like hunting each other. Yeah, it's like it's so bad because he that guy never shuts up and he's like trying to be cool, I think, as a villain, yeah. but it just didn't work. It was like, uh, no, like Reacher knows exactly where you are because you 
never shut up and he's just going to kill you. Yeah, so you should read the book because the the book the show is very faithful to the book. Mm-hmm. But in in the book, the the bad guys at the end put up a much better fight, and there's a, not quite a twist that they didn't do, but a little bit of a twist that they didn't quite do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have but, to yeah, check you should, that out. You should definitely read the book. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's called uh, Killing Floor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Like I, I've seen it in the in the grocery store. Oh um, yeah, I mean, he's written I don't know close to twenty of these books, and most of them made the the bestseller list. So yeah, it's not going to be a hard one to dig up. Yeah, but yeah, no, it it was a great show. Uh, I like the guy who played Reacher. I like yeah, the, he was awesome. Oh yeah, he yeah. was fantastic. I I liked uh, the the female cop. But yeah, she's compared to him though. She's so tiny. Like I know it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's so little. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she was great. Um, I liked the 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 good the good cop, uh, the detective there. He was I really liked. Oh yeah, him. yeah. Um, and I liked I liked the old sheriff, uh, like the or the mayor, like that that actor. Yeah, yeah he was he was good. Yeah. Um, because he's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, I mean, he was in Animal House. He was in Quantum Leap. Um, yeah, yeah. Battle on Five. Uh, yeah, he's one of those yeah. actors that's in so so many good things. I know he's been in a Jack Ryan movie. I can't remember which one though. But oh yeah, yeah. but I like that actor. Whenever I see him, it's it's always great. Um, but yeah, def- I I think it's definitely worth checking out. Like, I I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Nate. Amazon said it was one of, if not their most popular of all their original shows so far. Um, yeah, I know it. I know it definitely outperformed Wheel of Time, which oh yeah, isn't surprising because Wheel of Time. What somebody said it, it might even have been on this podcast. Somebody said it. It was like watching one of those old early two thousands BBC productions. Yeah, someone was saying that. I, it, it wasn't me, but it might, yeah. maybe Kevin said that. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Kevin. Anyways, whoever whoever said it, I'm like, that is exactly it. It wasn't bad, but it definitely was like 20 years out of date. Twenty, if it had come out in like 2002, you would have been like, hey, this show is awesome. Yep. But we've seen Lord of the Rings and we've seen Game of Thrones, and that's what we compare that level of fantasy to, and it just it did not hold up to those kind of things. Yeah, and and that and I mean they're get, catching a lot of flack with uh, the Lord of the Rings show too. Um, oh well, it's gonna be a, I can't wait to I can't wait to watch it because it's gonna be so fucking bad. And, and it's I mean, gonna be amazing. Like I mean, they have, and I'm gonna laugh the whole way. You spent a billion dollars just to get the rights. Never mind the production cost on this giant piece of shit. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. And and they have to compare themselves to the Lord of the Rings, you know. Like I mean, and they they clearly they've done everything they can to try to make theirs different. Yeah, and, you know, and, and it's like progressive. Oh, okay, that's not what Gladriel looks like. Oh, that's not what Elrond looks like. Oh, oh, and you're gonna have like dumb fantasy weapons that look cool but would be completely impractical. And, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be a mess. I'm like, oh, cool, there's a dwarf woman, and she's black. I got no problem with that. How come she doesn't have a beard? Yeah, yeah. Very clearly, Token said, 
that well, it's not like he said it many times, but he did say that the, the dwarvish Gimli says the dwarvish women are often mistaken for men because of their beards. Yep. And in the Hobbit movies, there's a couple shots of dwarvish women, and they gave them really pretty beards that are all braided, and they have jewelry. I'm not saying they were babes, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, they worked it best they could. And then in this, they're like, oh, no, she just, we're not doing that. And I'm like, oh. So I, I have no issue with there being a black dwarf. That doesn't no, bother me at no. all. I just, why the fuck doesn't she have a beard? Yep. Well, like Amazon, like they do well when they do like, uh, like Reacher. Jack Ryan is, I, I think, a fantastic yeah, Ryan, show. Jack Ryan was good. Reacher was good. Um, uh, they were doing Bosch. I think that was their first show they ever did. I loved Bosch. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I liked it, but I did get bored about halfway through the series and kind of dropped out of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it wasn't, you know, the greatest, but, uh. Yeah. I, I thought the the guy who played him was incredible. Oh yeah, I, tight as well. I love that guy. I started to find the story kind of dull. Yeah, it. Yeah, if, I think if you were if you because you you binge the whole you're binging the whole series at once. Is that? Yeah, what? I just watched yeah. it all and see like me. I, I I watched them when they came out, so it it wasn't as bad because it's like by the time you get to episode ten, it's like yeah, I'm, I'm done for now. You yeah. Know, okay. And, and then yeah. you wait a year and then you watch the new season. It's like I like this. And then by yeah, episode oh, I, 10, I, I you're like, eh, I'm done. Yeah. I think I just binged watched it in too short a time. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, there he's getting a spinoff series. Um, oh. But it's not on Amazon. It's like on another... It's it's oh. on a platform that Amazon owns. But it's one oh, that has commercials. So you have to pay that extra monthly fee? No, I don't think so. I think this one just has commercials. So, but I mean, I I don't know how that applies to us up here because I don't because it's uh I think it's IMDb like IMDb streaming or something. Um, Weird. Yeah, and okay. Am Amazon like I I could be wrong, but it's it's a platform that Amazon owns, but it has commercials, so it's free, but you have to sit through commercials. But for us in Canada, I don't think we get that up here. So I imagine when huh. that when that new season comes, it's just gonna come on Amazon. Oh, okay. For right. us. That could work out well for us. Yeah. Then. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um so yeah, Reacher's definitely a pick for me. Uh a pan for me and the I'm just strictly watching this for uh um podcasting purposes because I do a Star Trek podcast. Uh, I am watching season two of Star Trek Picard, and it's not good. It's 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 not good. Um, you know, like the first season, there's these glimmers where it's like, "Ooh, this could be really good," and then you're quickly reminded how shitty the writers are, because then it's like, "Oh yeah, they totally blew that." Um, so this season, uh, you know, we got John Delancey on there. I love John Delancey. Um, like, and I, I and I'm, I kind of, you know, not to give us too much credit here. Uh, I'm wondering if they're listening to our podcast because some of our suggestions they actually did. Um, okay. In, in the season, like, remember when we were talking about Q? Like when we were talking about how, you know, he'll probably be like, you know, 
look like he's from the 90s Star Trek, and then he'll snap his fingers, and then he'll look, he'll age up. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. Exactly. Okay. And even though I knew they were going to do that, it was awesome to see. I I thought that was really cool. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is in this series. Uh, she was yeah. in the, well. She was in the first episode, and again, okay, this is yeah. where, where yeah, I, I always I always love Guinan, one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and and this is again one of the things that bugs me about uh, new Star Trek is I don't think the writers actually watch Star Trek. Um, so nah. Guinan shows up, and of course she's like at a bar that's like on Forward Avenue, Tenth Street, so it's Ten Forward. So I'm just kind of rolling my eyes. Okay. That's too much, man. And, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg, I mean, she's older now. She's put on, you know, a little bit of weight. She doesn't look like she did in the 90s. um, Or even... No, but but Guinan was not a... Guinan wasn't supposed to be a sexy character. No, no, no. We weren't supposed to look at Guinan and be like, No, what a... But but the reason why I bring that up is because she's an Elorian, right? So she she ages very slowly. Yeah, Um, okay. Yeah, what you're saying. So, like, like in the episode Time Zero, um, you know, like when Picard goes back in time to the to uh, 1800s San Francisco, he meets Guinan, um, and she looks exactly like she does on the Enterprise because Alorians yeah. age very slowly. But in this series, like she, you know, Whoopi Goldberg has actually aged in real time. Uh, she doesn't mm. look. She doesn't look the same. But they explain it. You know, like basically, um, Guinan says in the first episode that she's basically decided to age herself like human, mm. um, which was okay. You know, it was it was a all right explanation. But then mm. in the most recent episode, because they they go back in time to twenty twenty four, and. Picard goes to that bar in Los Angeles on on Tenth uh, or Tenth Street and Forward Avenue or whatever, um, and he meets Guinan, but it's a different actress playing Guinan. Oh, what? Yeah, and and oh, a younger actress, a and I'm like, that makes no sense because Guinan looked like Whoopi Goldberg. In yeah, the eighteen hundreds, de- they should have just digitally de-aged her. Yeah, like, <clears throat> like she. Oh, that that would that would really throw me off. And she and she doesn't act anything like Gein. Like, because the thing with Gein and her character, like Gein is basically Whoopi Goldberg. Like, you yeah. know, um, only you know she's reading Star Trek lines. Um, yeah. Whereas this actress. She's like an angry black woman, you know. Oh no! And I'm like, oh. oh man! Like, I mean, she, I mean, she's pretty enough, but I don't understand how Picard met her back in the 1800s, and she looked like she did on TNG. But yeah, she probably this... acted like she did on TNG. <clears throat> well, she, well, she actually like uh, Whoopi Goldberg actually kind of played it a little bit younger, like she, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, because yeah. she she has that line to you know when Data um, pulls her out to the side and he, and she's like, "Did my father send you here?" Um, you right. know, I, I like that. You know, it was funny, but it doesn't make sense that they would recast Guinan with another actress when we've you know it just. Uh, and then she doesn't recognize Picard, and I'm like, 
but he met you back in the 1800s. But there is like this alternate timeline thing going on, so I guess he didn't go back to the 1800s, so... Oh, I I am so not going to watch this show. (laughs) Yeah. And then... uh... Oh, this sounds terrible. Yeah, and and they had uh, a a crossover. Um, So you remember in Star Trek IV, um, when when, uh, Kirk and Spock were on the bus and there was that punk rocker? Yeah, yeah. And, and he flips yeah, him the bird. And Spock gives him the pinch. Yeah. So anyway, that that that. So the music he's listening to is that's actually his band. Um, oh, okay. And and he was like the lead singer of the band, and he's rocking out. And so anyway, I remember a few years ago they had uh, when Leonard Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy met with this guy again. Uh, it might have been for like the twenty fifth anniversary or something of Star Trek Four. And, uh, you know, and I mean, he's still in his band. He still makes, you know, the punk rock music and all that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it was cool. I I thought, I thought, you know, it was a nice little story. I I can't remember if it was on Deadline or or USA Today, one of those stories. So in this most recent episode, because they're back in, in 2024, this guy shows up again. So it's seven of nine and, uh, oh, uh, uh. Ra, 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 the, the 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 black lady, Raza, Razi, Fozzy. Oh, oh yeah, right, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, they have her. Sh- they're, they're on the on a bus in L.A. and the same guys there. So it's the same thing. Like he's rocking out with his with his uh, uh, what you call it, his boombox and. Um, Instead of uh, Kirk saying, would you mind shutting off that damn noise? It's seven of nine. And he just politely does it. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I really love the song. Mm. And it was just kind of eye rolling. It's like, you know, it's cool that they got the same guy. You know, it's the same, you know, the, and, and I mean, it's an updated version of that same song. Like it's, and again, it's him singing it, but it's like, guys, you didn't really need to go there, you know. Like you didn't. Well, and, really... and like, there's so much Star Trek out there. Why would you connect it to that movie in particular? Well, I think it's because, like, um, you know, like in season one, they go to that that bar and they reference Quark, mm-hmm. but they don't. But they won't show him, right? Yeah. Like they. I don't know. There's so much Star Trek universe out there they could have connected to. And of course, no, no, only the original series, because in their minds, next gen and original series is all that exists for Star Trek. And even though Seven of Nine is in it, we're not going to have anything else to do with anything Voyager. Yeah. Well, I think for this season, um, because they tra- the the way they travel back in time is they do the slingshot thing where they sh- go around the sun like they did in Star Trek Four. Oh, I, so, I, okay. so that's why they did. Yeah, it. I really think. What happened here was the writers sat down and watched Star Trek Four together, and they were like, "We gotta make this into Picard season two. Which is, I, but but again, that's so dumb to me. It, There's so much Star Trek out there. Why on earth would you incorporate that into a show about Picard? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it is dumb, and yeah, it, it's not good. It's not good. So it's definitely a pan for yeah. me, but again, you know, just 
for podcasting purposes. There's, there's just there's just enough good moments, enough enough in there that you go, man, this could have been something. Yeah, but it is. It should so, have been something. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, another reason why I think they're listening to us uh, with our podcast notes is uh, in episode one there was way more Starfleet, and you actually saw different yeah. ships. Yeah, um, you mentioned that in a previous podcast that you were really enjoying seeing all the ships. Yeah, like, and you know, like last season when when Riker showed up with that fleet, it was all the yeah, same yeah. ship. It was like a cut cut and paste of the same ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, the off screen explanation was that well, Riker, you know, it was the only ships they had available, so uh, they were straight from the shipyard. So that's why like none of them have a name on them. None of them have registry numbers. That's why they all look the same. I'm like, eh. no, I think they just look that way because you guys were too cheap and too lazy to make different ships. Yeah. And you didn't think we would notice. And you didn't realize how geeky Star Trek fans can be. Yeah. Um, whereas this season, like, they have different, you know, they had a new Stargazer and Rios is, is back in Starfleet now. He's a captain. So I thought that was kind of cool, and uh, Rozzy or whatever her name, she's a, she's the captain of the new Excelsior, and that was kind of cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, now that we got the Borg Queen, who kind of looks like Doctor Octopus, <laughs> sorta, like oh. yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a pan right. for me, I, but I guess I will have to watch it just to see the train wreck unfold, but. I really did not like season one, so... Yeah, and, and season one started out with such potential. I was like, where is this going to go? You know, how does the Borg Cube fit into this? What are the Romulans? Oh, see, I would, season one, I was lost immediately because I'm like, oh, he's got Vulcan housekeepers. Oh, no, they're Romulans. Well, they look like fucking Vulcans. Yeah. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> like, like, right from there, I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And it just got worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it. Yeah, this season. And the does. best, the best episode in season one is like episode seven, where they make pizza with, with the Rikers. Yeah, that's the best episode. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking bad. Yeah, and everyone and has the best to have... episode of Star Trek show is them making pizza. Yeah, Oof. and everyone has to have a sad story. Like the Rikers had to have a tragedy, right? Like their son had to. Have yeah, died. it's all dystopians. I, you know, I don't, I'm not opposed to bringing in some grit to Star Trek. Yeah. For example, I love Deep Space Nine, and Deep Space Nine is dark and full of grit, but it's not a dystopia. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, if anything, you know, they're trying to prevent a dystopia with the Dominion. Exactly, yeah. But it is not a dystopia, but this new one, it's totally a dystopia. Yeah, it's like Starfleet doesn't feel like Starfleet anymore. Like, it... No, it was all... No, oh, it was terrible. And, yeah, and, and like with last season, there's lots of swearing in, in the show. Um, every episode, somebody gets yeah, murdered. Yeah, it's weird. Like, season, yeah, like season one, every episode, somebody is murdered on Picard. Season yeah. two, every episode, someone is murdered on Picard. Like, it, it's, like, yeah, enough, okay. you know? Like, yeah, like... There was bad things that happened in, in other Star Trek, and there was some graphic stuff, you know, like from time to time, but it wasn't the norm. Like, this is the norm. 
on these new Star yeah, Trek no, shows. Yeah, no, it wasn't the norm. Like and once in, fact, in a while, many many Star Trek episodes of any of the older series, many episodes nobody dies at all. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a positive vision of the future, not you know, like I mean, yeah, there's enough dystopian shit out there. Like that's what I liked about Star Trek was that it was positive. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's weird because like now we got the Mandalorian, which is a you know yeah. using air quotes as a Star Wars movie or show. Yeah. I mean. But it, to me, yeah. it feels more like a Star Trek show because it's positive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Star yeah. Trek feels more like Star Wars because now you got, you know, destruction, dystopian, you got, you know, fighter crafts, you got robots. Like, where yeah. where were these robots before on Star Trek? We never saw them before, but apparently they were always there, according to the mm. new Star Trek. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. Yeah, I'm going to stick with what I've said before. There's a new season of The Orville coming out, mm-hmm. and that is the only new Star Trek I'm excited for. Yeah, me too. Yeah, June. Because The Orville, yes, it's funny. Yes, it's a comedy, but it still manages to feel more like Star Trek than Star Trek does now. Yep. And I mean, oh, sorry for yawning, but... Um... You know, like, I, I, like you can do both. Like, I don't understand why, why. I don't know. It's yeah. Alex Kurtzman. Like, I really don't. Yeah, know. I think it just it all comes down to the writing, and that guy is all he's all ego, and he doesn't understand clearly doesn't understand the subject matter at all. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But anywho, that that's all I got, Ragnar. Cool. Um, so before we go, oh, I was going to ask you, are you going to Calgary this year for the Comic-Con? You betcha. Oh, I'm going to miss you, man. Um, I'm not going this year. Um, no? No. I, I was going to, but uh, I already got my tickets for Edmonton. and Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I got to get two new sets I, of tires. I have some. And, I have some concerns about like the pandemic stuff. Yeah, me too. Close space with that many people. What I'm hearing on the news is that the COVID cases are starting to rise again, but most provinces are refusing to track it. So mm-hmm. uh, essentially we're going to be trapped in a big box with people that have COVID. And I'm like, that's not great. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm very excited to be back at shows and not have to wear a mask and, you know, not have to have small attendance and possibly mm-hmm. make some real money. So I'm, I'm still yeah. conflicted. Like I have been for most of this pandemic. I want to work. I want to make money, but I, I also want to feel like everybody is safe when we do that. Yeah. And I don't feel that everybody is currently safe yet. Yeah. Yeah. I totally um, agree. But yeah, I got my tables booked. I'm, I'm looking forward to it for the most part. That, and uh well that's awesome yeah. yeah i i and i was so close to pulling the trigger on coming and i was like no nah, i think i'm just gonna wait um yeah because yeah they got like jay and silent bob showing up this year and well maybe this, this company the parent company is called informa okay they run vancouver calgary toronto fan expo canada which is also in toronto mm. and then they have about 12 shows in the states they are fucking notorious for baiting and switching with the guests. 
We announce all these big name celebrities. So you get you buy your tickets. And then about a week before the show, all the big names get canceled and get replaced with way smaller names. Oh. They even did that at Vancouver this year. They announced Jay and Silent Bob are going to be there, as well as some of the other members of Clerks. And and they sold tickets to an evening with Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Yeah. And all these vendors like brought in like Kevin Smith merchandise. One of the vendors even made a fake quick stop storefront for their display. And three days before the show, oh, Jay and Silent Bob are not coming this year. Oh, man. This company is fucking notorious for that. So never buy tickets to an Informa show based on a celebrity you want to meet because it's a 90% chance that celebrity will cancel at the last minute. Hmm. And they've been publicly busted for announcing celebrities that were never booked. It happened to... In 2019, there was somebody big announced and somebody messaged, like, tweeted on their page, oh, I can't wait to see you in Calgary at the Calgary Expo. And the person replied, I'm not going to the Calgary Expo. I've never been to Canada. Yeah. Huh. So they got publicly busted for announcing people that they'd never even booked. And I think that is horrific because that is, like, the biggest fuck you to your patrons, right? Yeah. We're going to get hopes up. We're going to sell you tickets on something that is a complete fabrication. We never had any intention of bringing in this celebrity. I, I, it is just so horrific. And pandemic, you know, excluding the, the pandemic part of this, their attendance has been dropping like crazy because people get pissed off with, about getting burned on the celebrities. Yeah. So... In 2017, they had 204,000 people come. Or, sorry, yeah, 104,000 people. And by 2019, they were already down to 80,000. Because in those two years, people got so mad about celebrities being announced and then canceled at the last minute that they went, I'm just not going. Hmm. So, yeah, it, it it is just so awful. Now, I'm sure occasionally, I am sure you book a celebrity and they have to cancel. I'm sure it legitimately has happened. But it happens at every show that they've run in their entire history as a company. So that tells me that, no, it's not the occasional thing. It's they're booking people they know are not coming just to sell tickets. Yeah. And yeah. then replacing them with much cheaper guests at the last minute, and I I think that's despicable. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, so, they, yeah, so they, they, show, and of course I don't generally meet the celebrities, and you know the year they had a hundred and four thousand people through, most of those people didn't meet a single celebrity. It's not physically possible. The celebrities mm-hmm. can only meet a few hundred people each day. Yep. But oh wow, so and so is here. I got to go check it out if it's good enough to bring them in i gotta go so they like i they really need to stop doing that and just you know pick your 10 celebrities and make sure they're all coming for sure before you book them Mm -hmm. and then two backup celebrities in case the 10 somebody in the 10 drop out and stop doing this bait and switch because it it's just awful yeah that's not good yeah but uh Yeah, the main reason um, was, yeah, the pandemic, because I'm like, eh, it's still kind of early days. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad for you, though, that, you know, you get to, you know, 
go to a big show again. Like, that's <laughs> awesome. Like I'm definitely, well, unless something happens with the pandemic again, but, uh, yeah, I already, <laughs> yeah. I already got my tickets for Edmonton because you know, the Edmonton show last year got canceled. So I still, they just yeah, rolled over. It was, it was like four days before the show, the vaccine passports came in and they were just like, well, there's no way we'll be able to fix this problem. Yeah. 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 So I already got my tickets, and I, I verify that they are still good for this year because I I was kind of worried about that because they're like, oh, you could just use them for next year, and I'm like, yeah. Mm. But but I, I I they are verified. That does have the right date on them and all that kind of stuff. So okay, okay. I'll definitely be at the Edmonton one. Cool. But, but cool. Uh, well, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, and I I mean I I do very well at their shows. And I, I genuinely do not want them to fail as a company. Mm-hmm. I just want them to show more respect to their customers. Yeah, do better. Yeah, Because, like, I have no influence over anything they do. But, man, I'm going to hear about it from all the customers who show up dressed up as Jay and Silent Bob that are mad that Jay and Silent Bob aren't there. Yeah. And, you know, I tell them all the same thing. Well, I got no control over that. Email the company, not me. Yeah. But it still sucks to see them all looking so dejected all day. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, they, that, they were basically the only celebrity that I was really because I've never met I've never met Jay and Silent Bob. And yeah, they had uh, yeah. the the I think the cast of Clerks was going to be there as well. So I yeah, mean, yeah, and, and the other guys were there: Brian O'Halloran and yep. uh, um, Jeff, whatever. He they were both there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Maybe maybe they'll be in Edmonton. Who knows? Yeah. Oh well. Here's hoping. Yeah. Um, I met Jason Muse once. I didn't get an autograph. He was at a show, and he was just wandering around. And I said hi to him. So yep. I, I met him. Yeah. Um. I'd I'd love and I mean I'd love to meet Jay and Silent Bob. And they were they were supposed to do their photo ops in character. They were going to wear the costumes mm-hmm. and like, how cool would that be, right? Yep. So hopefully that works out for a different show. Yeah, if if, if they come for Edmonton, I think I'll definitely buy a ticket for that. Oh yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Yep. But yeah. anywho, uh, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. So Ragnar, where can we find you, sir? Well, uh, my main website RagnarTheTrader.com, and I'm also active on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, same name, Ragnar the Trader. And uh, starting in April, I'm back on the show circuit doing trade shows. So uh, first weekend of April, I'm in Edmonton. The next weekend, I have a show in my hometown of Saskatoon. Then I got a weekend off, and then it's Calgary Expo. And then the very next weekend is Saskatoon Comic Expo. So cool. I'm going to be a real busy Viking in April. Yep. Excellent. Um, you can find me here at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. Um, so anyway, we were going to have an, an episode of the Pop Culture Pub Podcast, but unfortunately, uh, we had to postpone that episode. So our next episode is going to be uh, the episode where it's going to be flaws in our favorite pop culture. Uh, so when that episode comes out, we're going to be picking two uh of our favorite geek properties and point out the flaws that drive us nuts about them um, like like we did with dexter <laughs> yeah yeah um and then we also uh had to delay our uh 
Trek Once of an One episode of uh, Enterprise Season 4.5. So that will be coming out in a few weeks. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.